This is the Think Courageously podcast. I'm your host, Deb Cummins-Stilato, and I'm here to challenge successful women like you to find the courage to make pivots so that you can ignite your life and expand your limited thinking about change. I'm a certified life and leadership coach, and I'm excited to share my stories and insights into igniting energy from within. When I was a kid, I had a poster on my wall with a quote from Helen Keller, life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. Are you ready for a daring adventure? Are you looking for the best version of yourself? If so, you're in the right place. Let's embrace the adventure of sparking potential together. Well, hello, and welcome to the Think Courageously podcast. I'm your host, Deb Cummins-Stilato, and I am happy to be here today. Actually, I'm so happy to be here today. And it's a solo show. Um, So interesting an experience having a podcast, one that I never thought that I would fall in love with as much as I have. But one of the interesting things is when I started this podcast, I made a very conscious decision to keep it very authentic and real and unedited. So I generally don't go back and listen to previous episodes. I I record them. I plan a lot for what the episode's going to be about. But I don't generally go back and listen to things. But the other day, I was with my husband and he wanted to catch up on an episode and so we decided to listen together and as we listened I was like oh my god how weird is it to listen to my own voice literally like how weird is it to listen to my own voice and I think what's interesting about this for me is that I have always been identified by my voice like funny story never ever did I ever make a phony phone call because people always knew it was me people were like oh it's Deb calling we're, we're, you're not do, you're not pulling anything over our eyes uh, I've been in a grocery store where I was maybe talking to somebody who was working there And I remember this really distinctly. I was uh, in Arizona, and while I was talking to somebody who was working there, I guess I was asking them where something was, somebody turned around and said, I just had to see where that voice was coming from. So uh, that's happened. People have said, why don't you do voiceover work? People have said, you sound like a Disney character. So when I listen to my own voice, a lot of things come up for me. And so I started to think about this as a concept in thinking courageously because when we share our voice and we actually hear it and listen to it, it's actually quite challenging and quite a unique experience. I don't know about you, but a lot of people that I know can't stand the sound of their own voice. And you know those old time things called uh, voice machines, like my phone voice machine. People would be like, "I don't want to listen. Um, I don't want to re-record this message. I can't stand to listen to it." But made me start to think about why is thinking about sharing our voice so challenging. 
So I did a little bit of research on this because I was curious about why we have this really visceral reaction to speaking and then listening to ourselves. And in 1966, yes, I was alive then, uh, there were two psychologists who actually looked at this concept. They called it voice confrontation, um, which is different than the expected frequency of voice. But what they realized is that there's a lot of personal revelations that happen when you realize what your voice conveys. So not only does it sound different than you expect through what are called your extra-linguistic cues, but it also reveals aspects of your personality that you can only fully perceive upon hearing it from a recording. So I take this to mean that I have a perception of how my voice sounds and listening to it gives me a whole other bunch of labels that I can use, right? So I think that's just interesting in and of itself. How do we hear it? How do we listen to it? Why is it that we have such dissonance from it? And then I started thinking the next step, uh, as one might, like especially during the time that we're living in right now. And again, I like to keep it really real with you guys and let you know that it is the middle of June. Uh, it's June 19th or June 20th. This is a problem when you're working at home all the time. And we are still experiencing COVID. But in addition, we have been in the midst of this incredible, incredible time in our life where people are showing up using their voices in very powerful ways to ignite change. And we're seeing literally thousands and thousands of people stepping forward and giving voice to social justice, which is so powerful to see. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about this concept of our voice, our perception of our voice, and why it takes courage to use our voice. And again, part of this happened as a result of listening to a podcast with my husband, but the other, one, other reason that I thought this was so meaningful and important right now is that two weeks ago, I recorded a podcast called Thinking Out of My Box, and it was actually called Bursting My Box, and that was one episode that, for me, took a lot of thought and probably a different level of courage to do, and it's interesting, again, because this whole journey of doing a podcast for me has been incredibly freeing and incredibly ready for the overused word, empowering. And I've shared so much personal stuff with all of you, but the podcast two episodes ago really felt to me that I had to use my voice in a different way. And I really thought about it for a long time. First of all, I thought about, should I even record a podcast? Then I thought, what should the podcast be? Then I thought, should I be speaking like an expert in this podcast because I've done some professional work in this area so maybe my knowledge would be helpful and in the end 
I decided to just share my stories around my own personal journey around social equity, social justice, um, my own awakening around these topics. And I felt in my head that I was really struggling with this difference between showing up as the expert and being the storyteller. And again, all these things started to come together and I started to think about why it was so challenging and so much of it was because I was really vulnerable and I also was stepping into a topic of controversy. And it's kind of like the idea of like, do you use your power for good or do you use your power for bad? Do you use your voice for good? Do you, you know, how do you show up using things? And so I'm wondering as you think about this and you think about your own voice, I'm very curious to know why, why are you choosing to use your voice or not use your voice right now? And why is it that we contribute in conversations in general? So if you're a working person, are you the person, um, and I should say working outside of the home person, or, or I should say working inside the home, outside the home? Anyway, one of those things I can't get right right now as we've been in our staying at home orders. But there are some people who intentionally choose not to speak at meetings and who just are really good at observing. Then there's people who just show up fully at every meeting and have a lot to say. And then there are people who modulate what they have to say at meetings. And I would say that I used to be more of a, I have something to say, I have something to say, ooh, 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 let me raise my hand person. I was never that person who just sat quietly. Uh, oftentimes, because I talk with my hands, I would sit on my hands so that I wouldn't uh, monopolize the conversation. But I've learned through coaching so much about listening that I don't necessarily feel that if I was in a, a professional setting right now that I would be that person who would feel the need to, to continue to talk. So it's interesting though, right? So we, we choose, we make a choice how we show up at meetings, we make a choice about how we show up with other people. Right now, many of us are choosing how to use our insight into what's going on in the world to be part of conversations or not be part of conversations, right? So ask yourself some of these questions. You know, am I contributing to the conversation? Am I not saying anything? And if I'm not saying something, is that as powerful as saying something? A second thing is, how much are you using your voice right now because you want to be helpful? And is that something in your life you speak up when you want to be helpful? Or is using your voice something that determines your self-worth? Is it something that you edit and that you filter and that you wonder if you should be speaking because you're not sure of your role in the conversation or how much expertise you have on a particular topic? So I really encourage you to think about that. I encourage you to think about the use of your voice right now, regardless of how it sounds. 
and also acknowledge the fact that it's uncomfortable. I mean, it really is uncomfortable, and it's uncomfortable to share your personal stories. And I actually hired a coach, my coach April, I hope she's listening, to help me mindfully mine my stories so that I could share them in a way that was courageous. And what I'm seeing right now in response to what's going on in the world is these filters that are coming up for people. They're filters with capital Fs. Filter, 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 filter. And people really getting tongue-tied and being incredibly mindful of what they have to say. And that's not a bad thing. Actually, it's a no judgment zone about that. I'm just observing it. I know people want to say what they think is the right thing. And so what I want to share with you is about how thinking courageously can be about filtering your own message. So part of that is do we intuitively lean into our stories? Do we intuitively believe that we have an experience that is important to share with other people? And that is true about using our voice one-on-one or publicly. For many people, there's, you know, there's a lot of research on this that sharing publicly your story like that really scary place of public speaking is something that people are terrified like literally terrified of doing and I I was curious about this so I looked into some things about you know how people perceive themselves as speakers you know the language that we use like I'm not good at speaking in front of crowds I'm not a good public speaker I'm boring blah 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 And all of those things can raise your anxiety and get in your way of speaking in public, whatever your public is defined as. Um, And what's really interesting is that some experts in this area make a distinction between what's called performance orientation and a communication orientation. So a performance orientation requires skills um, that we see as something that requires skills, and you see the role of the audience as your judges who are evaluating how good of a presenter you are. So I suppose in my life I've done a lot of public speaking with a performance orientation because I have been a facilitator. So I'm trying to facilitate the conversation. I'm on my feet. I have a microphone in my hand. I'm working the room. I'm trying to use everything I know about facilitation and I'm hoping that people engage in the conversation but what's interesting is that in contrast a communication orientation means that the main focus is on expressing your ideas presenting information or telling your story and I really love that differentiation because I think when we feel the pressure when we feel the pressure to show up as the expert in the room, something happens to our ability to tell the story. And I will share with you that this has been a fundamental shift for me in the last 18 months in how I'm showing up in communicating and my story. And I'm just going to talk about my own experience in this. And whether it resonates with you or not, I'll let you decide that. 
But what I have been able to do as a result of this podcast is that I've been able to become a storyteller where I have much more of a communication orientation versus the expert in the room on issues, which was the performance evaluation, uh, performance orientation. And I can only tell you, I can only share my own wisdom about this, which is that on one hand, it's super scary and it's really frightening to put your own stories out there that you know just because people are people, they're going to judge, right? I mean, it's just the human experience. So I always laugh when I think about the fact that there are people who are sometimes listening to my podcast who know me really well, but really have never heard me share some of these personal things with them because maybe the venue wasn't the right venue or in context it wasn't the right conversation. But also to be totally vulnerable, I wanted to be the expert. You know, I am a 50 plus woman and I wanted to show up as the expert in the rooms where it happened. Um, and again, as I process this idea, right, so the iteration of this idea was that I often talk about my mom on this podcast, and my mom was the expert in every room where everything happened. And it drove me crazy. Like, that literally drove me freaking up the wall that she had to show up as the expert all the time because – it was annoying, right? Like you're in front of a room of engineers and you're an educator, you're a high school principal, but you know more than the engineers in that room about engineering. And so I think I've had some ahas like, you know, we as apples don't fall too far from our trees. And I was starting to hear two words that my mom would say all the time. I know. Debbie, I know, I know. And I started realizing that that really was a choice that I wasn't willing to make for my own life, that that place of being an expert and being in the I know spot was really exhausting for me. And certainly there are plenty of times in my professional career still as a facilitator and consultant that I need to show up as the expert. My clients usually know when I'm consulting versus coaching. And I think that's a really important distinction between those two things. But when I owned the fact that I didn't need to be the expert in the room, I found an incredible freedom in my life. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if it's that my mom is not here to to judge some of my stories um, or because I would do a lot of filtering for her or if it's a function of age just getting a little older and wiser or if it's a function of going through a transformational process like becoming a coach but I love I love 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 using my voice as a storyteller as a storyteller versus an expert. So I wanted to bring this up because I wanted to also encourage you to think about 
where you show up using your voice, when you do or when you don't show up using your voice, and also to just validate the fact that showing up takes courage. When you put yourself out there, when you do raise your hand, it can be scary as hell. It can be scary as hell because you don't know how your message might land. You don't know how people will judge you. For me, and I've uh, again, something I've shared in the story uh, through my podcast is that I have a little voice that lives in me. It's the voice that keeps me small and stops me from doing things that says, if I tell a story, there may be people who don't like me and I haven't really been very brave about just thanking and acknowledging that little voice and moving forward past it until I was freaking 57 years old. Like, really? That's crazy. I think it's a very powerful thing to figure out that when you are not operating from a place of that gremlin, as we call it in coaching, or that little voice inside you that's keeping you small, you actually become like, exponentially more powerful it's it's almost like I took this humongous shot of vitamins and all of a sudden this tiny little voice became a powerful voice and in my coaching circles and even through this podcast people are like yeah we can feel you getting more confident with what you're doing so it takes practice um and again sometimes you know, my storytelling lands with you 100%. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm not requiring myself to show up doing A-plus work every time on this. This is a passion project. I do take a lot of responsibility for the content that I put out there. I could never have done the podcast that I did two weeks ago had I not come from a place of owning my white privilege and my own lens. Um, but I really encourage you to think about how you're using your story and intuitively what story it is that you feel is important to tell. And listening to your own voice, right? So what does that mean in terms of leaning into your own intuition? And some of us are really good around following our intuition and some of us are so filtered that we're terrified of doing what our gut is telling us to do. And again, those filters and our intuition are things that are conditioned in us for years and years and years. And so what does it feel like to start unraveling those filters um, and making a decision and having the courage to show up in a different way. So I really want you to record something to yourself. I'm going to give you like a little idea because I think it can be really helpful, which is how I started with April. And I literally, when I first started working with April, I did a download dump of all my stories for 90 minutes. 
like literally 90 minutes. She listened for 90 minutes. And then I listened to myself telling those stories. So we recorded the call and I listened to those stories. And it's quite a powerful experience to do that. And so I really encourage you to whip out your special phone and spend a few minutes just telling a story that you think could be powerful for other people to hear. Record it. And if you feel comfortable, listen to it. If not, wait a little bit to listen to it. It's funny. I have quite a few guests who come on the podcast who say, I haven't listened to my podcast yet. I haven't listened to it yet. And then who call me and say, oh my God, listening to this podcast was like the most transformative thing that's happened to me to hear myself talk about it. So I'm going to just give you this little challenge, Think Courageously Challenge, which is to make a short recording of a story you want to share with people. Think about why this story is important to you. What kind of a contribution this story might make. How this talks about your self-worth. How this is about your how you're showing up, wanting to be helpful, wanting to be impactful. Um, and give it a whirl and see what it feels like. And in the meantime, I want to thank you for showing up here with me today as you do every week. I think we've hit a thousand downloads, which is just amazing to me. And as always, I want you to remember that if my voice or my stories or my guest stories are resonating with you, a great way for you to do something about that um, and use your voice is to leave a review on your favorite podcast player, uh, leave a rating. It really helps. It um, affects the algorithms that these companies use to get your story out to people. So it'd be so helpful if you would tell your story of listening or being on the podcast. Um, also, we're working on finishing up the redesign of our website. You can always find us at www, the Think Good Company. And as always, I'm going to encourage you in these really, really tough, challenging times to consider what it means to think courageously. Thanks for sharing a part of your day with me. Have a great one.